What are we talking about this week? I have an idea. Maybe we should talk about the original real estate influencer. Is that fair to say? I think so. He's... And I am, I'm 90% sure I know who you're talking about. Except, well, maybe not. I Two come to mind. One of them I can get on board with because I think he's a legitimate investor and he has the mindset of an investor. The other one... Maybe I think you got a couple things wrong. I'm going to go out on a limb and say we're talking about Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey and where he got it wrong. All right. How Ramsey got it wrong this week. I love it. Let's go. Cheers to that. <laughs> You're listening to the Mailbox Money Podcast with Cody Burton and Rebecca Scott. Cheers. So Dave Ramsey, you know, we both kind of grew up around that philosophy. Yep. Um, for people that don't necessarily know, you probably have heard of him but don't know what he's about you want to like break it down into kind of a summary yeah of course essentially his whole philosophy is cash is king so whatever you do have all of your reserves have all of your debt paid off because all debt is bad <clears throat> mm-hmm. and pay for everything in cash yep absolutely everything so I think right off the bat, that's my main disagreement with him is all debt is bad debt. Right. Like, I just feel like that's such a childish way to think. Like Rudimentary. Yeah. Ru- rudimentary. There we go. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. Um, so I pulled this up here while we're chatting. Uh, this is kind of like Ramsey's seven steps that he recommends for everybody. Can't wait so for This it. is another thing. He does not differentiate on anybody's goals. Like... He right. has the same formula for every single person, regardless of income, regardless of goals, regardless of lifestyle, which right off the bat, I'm not here for. But anyway. Sorry to interrupt. I'm just looking up Dave Ramsey's house. And he's obviously doing something right, right? $15.4 million house. It's pretty gorgeous. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. But... We grew up in different times. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get there. So let's see. We got seven steps here. Seven step one: save a thousand dollars to start an emergency fund. I think that's fine. I'm fine there. Yeah. However, how far does a thousand bucks get? Not very far. Yeah, honestly, that one maybe save a little bit more. Yeah. Um, step two: pay off all debt except your home using the debt snowball. So debt snowball. That's pay off your smallest debt first and then build up from there. If we're talking credit card debt, high interest debt, I can get down with that. I'm fine but... with the debt snowball because as long as it's if it's credit card or you know student loans and bad debt. Bad debt. And I'm I'm really hesitant to even put student loans in that category because that's kind of good debt. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, if it's a good degree. If it's a good degree, it's good debt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But loan officers, they don't – do they look at those as bad debt? They look at the payment, but it's not – They hit you on the payment. Like all debt, they only hit you on the minimum. And yeah. it's such long terms. You can have quite a bit of student debt mm-hmm. and not really get hit that hard for it. Yeah. So – And as long as you got a degree that – Actually al- pays money. Allows you to pay those back. Yeah, Absolutely. Don't be like my college roommate who went in $100,000 in debt and then became a student advisor. Yeah, that's not going anywhere quick. $25,000 a year. Um, on that note, probably something for a different episode. 
but like also know what you want to do when you go to college. You know, if and you, if you don't take a gap year, right? If you come out of high school, you have no idea. You don't even have like an inkling of what you want to do. Take some time. Don't go into all that debt for something you're never going to use. Amen. So, pro tip there, totally off balance, but that's all right. So, pay off all debt except your house. Halfway agree, depending on what the debt is. Mm-hmm. Um, step three: save a six month. Save six months of expenses in a fully funded emergency fund. Absolutely not. Yeah, I'm not with I'm not with them there. Absolutely not. You know, I know we've talked about this. We're in slightly different camps on emergency funds. I am building an emergency fund now, but we also own over sixty doors. Right. And now I'm at the point of like we can slow down our investing a little bit. I'm gonna have this emergency fund. We're gonna do some other things. Sure. But we haven't said one thing about investing. We haven't said one thing about anything. I I can't get behind a six-month fund when you're not doing anything else with your money. I just think it's so funny when you compare Dave Ramsey to Grant Cardone. Yeah. Because Grant Cardone says if you're a true investor, especially real estate investors, you save up exactly amount <laughs> the amount that you need, and then you're broke. Yeah. Like he will drain his bank account, and he has a lot more going on than either of us. Mm-hmm. And he will absolutely drain his bank account in order to do, to do a deal. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean. He's crazy. Yeah, true investors, especially real estate investors, we talk about that. Invest every time they have the money, yep. as soon as they have the money. Yep. And I feel like more than half the time, it's when they almost have the money and they figure the rest out after they've committed. Absolutely. Had a few deals like that. <laughs> Done a few deals like that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, yeah, six months emergency fund. Can't get on board with that, especially when you're not doing any of these things, anything else, right? If right. you're just putting money in a savings account, at this point, that's all you're doing, and you need six months before you can move on to any of these other steps, right off the bat, we're off the rails. I would also be so curious how long it would take you to save up six months worth. Mm-hmm. Probably a while, especially if you're not like a high-income earner. That would take a while. When you're paying $1,500 in rent, mm-hmm. you're spending another $500 on food for the month, you know, you yeah. go through everything, maybe you have a car payment, whatever the case may be, and it's like, wow, that add up really quickly, and now yeah. I need $5,000 a month. Although, going back to step two, you don't have a car payment because you rented way longer to pay that off. So. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Yeah, you've been renting for 10 years at this point to get all your other debt. <laughs> gotcha. That's true. Yes. Well. Um, so step four, we finally get into investing on step four. Invest 15% of your household income in retirement. Um, I'm on Ramsey's site. There is no more details than that. So hmm. right there. Um, step five, save for your child's college fund. At this point, you're already, they're already in college because everything else took you so long. No kidding. <laughs> How can you afford a kid? Yeah. Step six, pay off your home early. Okay. Not about that. Step seven, build wealth. <laughs> and I also want to say, Do you know how this, many this... <laughs> years you could have been building wealth? Do you know how much easier it is to pay off all of these things when you have wealth and you have money? Yeah. So let's talk about this. Like, I don't honestly think that any of these individually they are that bad. I just think they're in completely the wrong order. Right. So, like, step one, build wealth. Do that first. Absolutely. Um, 
Because at the end of the day, wealth creation takes time. Yeah. That is the thing that's going to make you the most money is time. So when you busy yourself with paying off all these other things and creating this scarcity mentality saying, you know, essentially what he's doing is he is making real estate a rich man's game. Yep. That, that's exactly what it is. And that's not what and, it is. And, you know, so many people, and I think we both come across this, there is that perception that you invest in real estate once you've already made it. Mm-hmm. And this sets you up for that. Absolutely. You invest in real estate once you already have money. It's not a way to get money. Right. And that's my big problem with this. Building wealth being your very last step, you need to be building wealth from the beginning. You know, I was listening to... Um, an investing podcast the other day, and I wish I remembered the name of it because I would totally give them a plug. Um, but one of them said, in kind of an off uh, offhanded compliment mm-hmm. or off offhanded comment, mm. is you're never gonna work harder than money because you have to eat and sleep and do other stuff. Money does not stop working, and I love the way they put that. That's a very fascinating perspective mm-hmm. when you think about it, and it's like, huh. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, after that, especially I... when you have an appetite like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I immediately made a note of that, and I think we're gonna probably title a podcast that because sure. it's just such a great philosophy. But yeah, you want to build wealth first, and the problem with this idea of like all debt is bad debt, you're apparently allowed to have a mortgage on your primary home, but that's it means you're never going to buy an investment property. I mean, here in Colorado, what's the average investment property? Probably 700000 mm-hmm. You're telling me you're going to sit down and save up 700000 to buy it in cash. And how long is that going to take you? Right. And by the time you get that 700000 well, guess what? That property is now worth 900000 Absolutely. Don't you have a good example of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just talking about this the yeah. other day. Yeah, I was, that's you know, what I was thinking about your Greeley property, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, we have a property up in Brighton. Brighton. Um, it's a four-unit property. We bought it for six fifty. Okay. less than two years ago. So we closed on that in, I'm pretty positive it was May of 2020. We're here in 2022. There is a four unit two doors down from ours that just sold for eight hundred and fifty thousand. Wow. We put in six hundred and fifty thousand and that one hasn't even been renovated to the level that ours has. Mm. So you're talking to me that in order to do Ramsey's method, you would have to save up a hundred thousand dollars a year just to keep up with the market. Yeah, that's exactly what, what I'm saying. <laughs> what are these people doing? No kidding, we're making real estate a rich man's game. Yeah. If you're saving up a hundred grand a year to do it, and I guarantee you, honestly, rich people, they're not paying cash either because no. rates are at below 5% right. right now. Exactly. And that's one thing to note, right? When Ramsey really came out with all of this information, it was a different time. <laughs> You Mm -hmm. could buy a property in cash because they were $40,000 or $50,000. And it didn't make sense because maybe when he was buying, it was 11% interest rate. And so when you're paying that much towards just interest alone, yeah, maybe it does Mm -hmm. make sense to pay cash. Absolutely. I mean, I think when Ramsey came up, 11 was a good rate. Yeah. You know, he, from what I know, he came up in the 80s-ish. You know, there were rates in the 80s that were... 14, 15, 18%. I mean, we're talking credit card rates. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to buy a house with credit card interest rates. Totally. So, yeah, sure. If rates get back to 18%, pay 
pay cash. You heard it here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but while rates are so low, it just doesn't make any sense to pay cash when you are going to miss out on, you know, in my example, two hundred thousand right. dollars of appreciation, and actually more because you're going to be still saving. Absolutely, and you know, you got to give them credit where credits due. At the time, sure, it made sense, you know, mm -hmm. and um, he was one of the first people to really come up in this space to tell people how to invest in real estate and whatnot. So yep. you do have to give him credit that. Where I honestly think that Dave and I, because we're you know we're on first name basis, <laughs> where Dave and I really, really, really disagree is rice and beans. <laughs> You do I, have a personal problem with this. I've I, heard this multiple times. I do. I do not want to eat rice and beans. Real estate is supposed to add to your life. I will say this every single episode. It's supposed to add to your life and not take away. Yeah. Taking away my joy of amazing meals around the city and cooking fun things, like, no. Yeah. So jump into that. What, what, is, what do you mean by rice and beans? Where are you getting this comment? Yeah. So, I mean, essentially sacrifice everything, eat rice and beans, pay no money. I mean, just live this extremely, extremely cheap lifestyle mm -hmm. so that you can invest. And that, that is a quote of his. Yes. For people listening that don't know, that is an absolute quote. Yes. And, and that's just not what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. Don't live over your means. I'm saying absolutely live under your means. Yeah. However, maybe we can figure out ways to create income that are other ways you know maybe we start like a little online business maybe we do a little you know whatever the case may be we start trading and selling things off craigslist i'm saying maybe we create income rather than take away from our lives mm -hmm. because that's the difference between having a scarcity mindset and having a mindset of abundance yeah you know let's create let's not take away and Taking away food is so offensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need the food. I'm gonna yeah. need the wine. Yes. This is a fairly pricey bottle of wine we're sipping on, Cheers. and I'm not about to uh, I'm not about to give that up just to you know buy a place a hundred dollars quicker because mm -mm. let's you know I'll buy it for twenty five percent. Yeah. Leverage the rest and keep drinking my wine. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, we should talk about leveraging too, because this is something he doesn't get into, right? Because all debt is bad debt. All investment debt, bad debt makes no sense. No sense. But you're essentially saying you need to save up four times more because investment properties are 25% typically. Some commercial properties you can get in for 20%. And so you need to save up four times as much money to buy the same property. You need to save it up quick because it's going to appreciate. Mm -hmm. And you're missing out on all that appreciation. Mm -hmm. So like, because that's the thing about leveraging money in an appreciating market. The bank doesn't want that appreciation. The bank wants what you said you would pay them. What the bank asked for. And that's 5% yeah. or whatever the right. case may be. And so you get to keep all of that appreciation on all of that money. Whereas if you are paying cash, it almost like cuts off your appreciation in a way because you're essentially funding 100% of it. So you're getting all the appreciation, but you're getting all the appreciation on your money. Yeah. That's the whole idea of using other people's money, OPM. You know, you hear that on a bunch of investment podcasts. Exactly. Like if I can get in, you know, for super easy math, say we buy a $400,000 property, I put in a hundred grand and that property appreciates to 500, I've just doubled my money. 
if I save up $400,000, which not to sound like a broken record, it's not going to be $400,000 by the time I save that up and it appreciates to 500,000. I mean, great. I've made a 25% return. Yeah. I would also be interested because did and maybe I don't know enough about him, but did he eat rice and beans and like did he live this cheap lifestyle or is that No, how- he sold books. <laughs> Or is did he create extra income mm-hmm. and sold books and um, what's his package that you can get at the church? You know, like his courses, his courses yeah. and all these things. It's like, no, he created wealth and he created ways to get money so he could buy real estate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while you were saying that, I just googled him. He has a current estimated net worth of two hundred million dollars. I think it's really easy to pay cash when your net worth is $200 million. Absolutely. You know, but when you're talking to somebody who maybe has $100,000 in equity in their home and you're telling them, A, that's not enough because you have to pay cash. Yeah. But also, B, that's bad debt because you're going to pull that equity out to buy an investment property. It makes no sense. Well, and here's the other thing is we leverage money to save it. Mm Mm-hmm. That is one of the only ways that we can keep up with the market and how quickly things are increasing in price and whatever is we have to leverage our money in order to save because every single property that we buy is a separate savings account. Mm -hmm. This property that I buy that it's appreciating at a 10% appreciation rate year over year rather than my – what do you put? I don't even know. You have money in the bank and it's appreciate your money market's like 1% less than it's that. It's around. I think it with, since COVID, I think rates have been less than 1%. Yeah. Okay. So that doesn't even keep up with inflation. Not even close. So that's the other thing, right? And I mean, it's just inflation is not, is working against you as well. Mm-hmm. So when inflation is going up 4% and your savings account is appreciating at 1%, like you're never going to catch up. Your money becomes worth less. It absolutely does. And that's the thing with Ramsey's whole philosophy. I think it would be a great philosophy if A, appreciation weren't a thing. Yeah. B, rates were, you know, 11 plus percent. Then I think you're in a situation where saving, paying for cash, doing all that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, But just in our current day, you know, this was probably good advice 40 years ago. Absolutely. It just hasn't changed with the times. Right. Um, So yeah, you talked a little bit about for savings account. So you kind of mentioned it in the terms of appreciation there. Yeah. But on the opposite side of that, you also have the debt reduction because your tenants are paying off your mortgage for you. So you're building wealth twice there by the market appreciating by owing less on the property without putting another penny in. Well, somebody's putting a penny in, but it's not me. Not you, yeah. Some My tenant literally is putting money into my savings account for me every single month. Mm-hmm. I love them for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, it's just like the idea of paying cash. It's just so strange to me. It is strange and it just doesn't, it's not realistic or really a possibility right now for so no. many and that it that's when real estate is created for the wealthy mm-hmm. and again that's not what this is that's not what we think it is i don't believe that you know because that no. to me 
If real estate is just for the wealthy, that's a scarcity mindset. That's excluding so many humans. And we don't want that. It's also not a business I want to be in. No, same. And in fact, real estate can be for anybody. Mm -hmm. And it can be there to help you get to the next level or continue on the same path that you're in right now. Um, But it at least allows you some security, some stability in your life that maybe you would never get anywhere else. Right. Yeah. I mean, just for a good example of this, I know I maybe have told this story on the podcast before. I know I've told you this story before. Mm-hmm. Um, with my mom, she got let go by her company, got a decent buyout for it because they did a restructuring during COVID and all this. She obviously had income she needed to replace. And if she had used this method, she would just be sitting on a bunch of money in a savings account making less than 1% while the market explodes around her. Yeah. Whereas we got her in a duplex in Tucson it's been a very well-performing duplex. She's got some good tenants in there. So she's making several hundred dollars a month. Um, rents have gone up a couple times now since she bought it. I think she's making, I think she's cash flowing almost 800 bucks a month off that place at wow, this point. Yeah, that's incredible. So, you know, she put down a hefty down payment. It was a l- more than 20% or 25%. Um, yeah, she's making 800 bucks a month off of it. The place is appreciated probably a hundred grand since she bought it. And none of that would have been possible if cash was the only thing. She would still be searching for a way to replace her income. You know, since then, she's just kind of taken this as a sign to go ahead and retire, even though it was earlier than her plan. Yeah. And because we've replaced some of her income with that investment property, she's able to do that. Whereas using Ramsey's method, she'd probably be stuck going back to work because she felt like it was her only option. Of course, because maybe it probably would be her only yeah. option. Yeah, when cash is the only way to buy anything, yeah. it would be. Mm-hmm. All in all, I think Dave Ramsey did get a lot of things right. I think he's great for helping people get out of debt. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he is great on building wealth. And that's not because... I think he's poor or anything like that. I just think he came up at the right time. Um, And I think times have changed and his philosophies, they just haven't changed yet. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. I think Ramsey's philosophies work really well for a great approach to how not to be broke. Yeah. If you have a bunch of credit card debt, if you have, oh, you know, all of this stuff going on, yeah. you can use his philosophies, follow his snowball method, get out of debt. I think that's great. When you reach that equilibrium being, you know, zero, that's when I think it starts to fall apart. Because, like, pay off your home before you start building wealth, that sets you up for a situation for all of your net worth to be in your primary home. Right. Which is not a great spot to be. Cause Which makes zero sense because you are going, you have to live somewhere. Right. You have to live somewhere. You're not getting what we talk about, that debt reduction through a tenant or any of that. I also think that he just has a level of scarcity mindset that he creates and exclusivity. And I just disagree with that. Yeah. I would agree completely. I think that's very common. You know, you see in basically all of his works, all of his books he's put out. And I think it's evident too in his followers. You know, I don't want to trash anybody because certainly doing what he says is better than doing nothing. Like it's at least something. 
But I think that you see that scarcity mindset develop. You know, we can't eat out. We can't yeah. do nice things. Rice and beans, you know, all of this stuff because you can't do anything without a boatload of money. For and sure. there's just a better way to do it. I mean, you can't well, And there's a better way of life. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Lifestyle, we haven't even talked about that. Just Yeah. When you to I mean, it's not possible, right? Like I was going to say, you know, when you're so focused on building this huge reserve of cash in order to pay for these properties in cash, you can't do anything else fun. But I'm I don't even want to go down that route because <laughs> Everybody has a different opinion on this, so it's (laughs) really hard to talk about it. Well, no, no, no. But to talk about that makes it sound like it's actually possible, right? Mm. Like if I'm going to – if we sit here and talk about like, oh, if you eat rice and beans, you know, if we have that super boomer mindset of like if you don't buy your avocado toast and your lattes, then you can buy a house. Like I feel like to talk about it here gives it credence as if that's real, There's nothing that I enjoy more (laughs) than the memes that are like, I didn't get avocado toast on my Chipotle for the last 12 months. Can I afford a house now? And it's like, still no, you saved $10. So congratulations. It's just so ridiculous. And the idea that that is going to allow you to save up 100% of the cost of a property is crazy. Because like we talked about, it's going to appreciate. I mean, I've made $200,000 in two years. Right. I don't care how much you're spending on avocados. It's not that much. It's not that much. So, you know, save what you can, house hack, do the things you need to to get into a property. Yeah. Do the exact opposite of what Dave Ramsey says. Get into those investment properties for as little money down as you can put down. Yep. Because the more property you have, the more you're going to be affected by that appreciation and the better off you're going to be in the end. So Dave Ramsey, seven steps, do them backwards. Build wealth first. (laughs) Pay off your home last when you're about to retire. Yeah. Because sure, yeah, if you're retiring, pay off your house. Do it. But again, it goes back to goals. Yeah, you make a good point. If you're not going to be there that long. Right. It goes back to goals. And that's what he just doesn't talk about at all. He has one plan. And even his radio, I remember listening to his radio show back in the day, and people would come on and be like, this is how much debt I have, this is what I have. And he'd be like, you do X, Y, Z. And it's like, but you didn't ask me when I wanted to retire, or you didn't ask me, you know, what I, if I want to live in this house forever, or if I want to live in a different country, or you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, there were just so many things that were missed. Yeah. But. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I am set up to retire in six years. Great. I am set with our investment portfolio, with our stocks, with everything we've done. We've set up to retire in six years. If I followed this method, I would be 20 years away from retirement mm. at bare minimum. That's powerful. And I think that right there sums all of this up. Yeah. Is by paying cash, by not leveraging, by missing all of that appreciation, missing that debt reduction, not building wealth at an early age you are setting yourself up to be able to retire at retirement age if you do it well. Yes. Whereas I'm going to sail off into the sunset before I hit 40. Yeah. So on that note. Thank you, Cody, for the wine today. It was delicious. A little Tempranillo, um, 2015, Campo Viejo. Baby got legs. (laughs) Yeah. 
It's a good one. I like this brand a lot. Maybe one day they'll sponsor us. But if not, Cheers. I'll pay cash for my wine and not for my properties. Amen to that. <laughs> so that's it for this week. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, we do have a YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, we have a podcast. So you've got options. Um, we also have TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook, all the good things. So totally connect with us there. We love to hear who's listening. We love to interact, you know, talk about your specific investment questions, investment um, goals, all that stuff. We will not tell you to pay cash. So no. until next week, see you later. Thanks.